I get emotionally invested in an opinion, that sort of becomes part of my identity. Like Isaac is this. Mm. This is a quote from Ed Stetzer from Christianity Today. Our family is the church, not a political party. Reflecting on that, I was like, I need to be setting my values towards Christ and towards loving other people first, and then let discussions flow from that point. Not getting tied up in, this person disagrees with me on a fundamental level. I need to defend that because that's me. Welcome to the Real Talk Podcast from Real FM. Here's Anson, Kara, and Isaac. Hey, this is Isaac with Anson and Kara, and this is Real Talk, a show where we get real about everything from the ridiculous to the inspiring. Today's conversation is titled Agree to Disagree. We're basically talking about how sometimes we can resolve disagreements, which is awesome, but more often than not, we have to reach the point where we agree to disagree with someone, which is less than fun. You <laughs> <laughs> get a little bit uh, difficult. It's one thing to disagree with someone that you don't know. Right. I mean, the internet mm. fights that we all know and love in the comments section, the <laughs> news articles or on Facebook. I yes. mean, sometimes that can definitely add a little bit of stress uh-huh. when you get involved in one of those right. conflicts. But at least you can walk away from it and you go, I don't actually know who that person is. Right. They don't know me. And so you can kind of brush aside the disagreement or the conflict or the criticism. But... When you're sitting around the dinner table with your family mm. and you have a disagreement and you love or those people, you have a relationship with a friend or a loved one yep. and you disagree. Mm-hmm. Those are a lot harder to live with because you actually have to live with them, like <laughs> yeah. coexist with those people. Right. Exactly. You can't just call them stinky and wrong on the Internet right. and then leave them. You can but because you still love them, too. Right. Exactly. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're talking about agreeing to disagree in ways we can do that well. But first, our shameless plug, and I'm going to throw it to Anson for this because I'm excited about this, but I know he's really excited. I am excited about this. We have something new that's going on with our RealFM beta tester group. And uh, if you're part of the beta testers, you know that we send out surveys every couple of weeks. We ask you some questions about RealFM. We ask you occasionally about this podcast. We ask you to rate music on RealFM on the radio side. We love everybody that's getting involved in doing that. But we also wanted to come up with a way that maybe we could take that to the next level, that we could have a little bit more of an ongoing conversation about things. And so one way that we've decided to try to do that is with a Facebook group for the Real FM beta testers. So we started that this week. We already have about 20 people that have joined that group. Yes. I actually just posted a question this morning about a, a new song that we're thinking about adding to Real FM next week. We'd love to get your feedback on it. Mm-hmm. And a couple of people are already chiming in saying they like it and they want to add it. So if you want to get maybe some sneak previews of some music we're going to be adding to Real FM, you're going to be able to do that through this group. Yep. We're also cool. potentially going to discuss things like ideas for topics on the podcast. So if you have some ideas, that would be a great place to do that. We're also going to maybe even throw in some exclusive prizes just for people who are part of that group every once in a while. I love it. So if you uh, want to dive in even deeper with Real FM, get involved in helping us make some decisions about songs we play, topics we talk about, the Real FM beta tester Facebook group would be a great thing. If you go to the Real FM Facebook page and click on groups, you can find the link to it there. Mm-hmm. I'd also encourage you to sign up for the Real FM beta tester group on our website as well. If you register there, you'll find the information for the Facebook group as well. So just one more way that you can get involved with Real FM kind of at another level if you're interested in doing that. 
that felt less like a shameless plug and more like a here's a really cool thing that's happening. So <laughs> exactly. hopefully that's what most of our shameless plugs yeah, are. That's the idea. <laughs> and if they're not, if you're like, man, that sounds terrible and I don't want to do that at all. That's okay too. You don't have to. That's right. Nobody, we don't want to force you. Right. <laughs> now it's time for what I'm into this week. Guys, it's been a minute since we've recorded together. Yeah. Some stuff has happened. Stuff. I've become a hotshot investor. Whoa. Really? Yeah. Hotshot investor. <laughs> do you okay. do tell. What's going so, on? I'm turning 25 this year and I have some friends who are turning 25 but they're going on like 55. They have like ah. their life together. Oh, they wow. have a neatly mowed yard. They have the white picket fence. And someone was talking to me about 401ks the other day. And I was like, what? I probably learned about that. <laughs> but yeah, that's a wow. lot of numbers and letters. Like, yeah. <laughs> anytime numbers and letters get combined, that's it's where I check thing. out. Yeah. Like, yeah. Eh, maybe not. <laughs> but then I found out the app that I use to swap around cash with people. I even get paid on one of my side hustles with it. Wow. Um, allows you to invest in, get ready for it, going to reveal a big nerdy thing, cryptocurrency. Ah, oh, yes. Digital wow. monies. Okay. I've been watching it go up and down. The market is really volatile, but I thought, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to see what I can do. So I took <laughs> all of $2. <laughs> yes. And I bought, let's see, I own 0.0021541% of a Bitcoin. Wow. <laughs> That's and so funny. Here's what's really sad about me. Uh -huh. I own $2 worth and I have been checking my phone incessantly <laughs> for the last awesome. week. I'm so worried about your $2. My yeah. $2. Like I'll watch it go to like 201 and I'm like, oh, I'm winning. <laughs> get ready. I'm going to be on Shark Tank. Oh my God. I'm going to be one of those hotshot investors. Uh -huh. <laughs> and then when it goes down to like less than $1.70, I'm like, oh, uh. my life is worthless. <laughs> Everything's just falling apart. And That's that right. Life oh, is man. shattered. It got to the point where Brie literally was like, she saw me on the couch and I was a little bit down and she was like, what's up, babe? And I was like, Bitcoin dropping to $1.60. <laughs> <laughs> She's, like, She's like, oh, geez. Her question was, do you own a Bitcoin? And I was like, no, I technically own 0.0012% of it. <laughs> she just like slowly left the room. Okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to leave you to that. Yeah. Yeah. So how's your, uh, how's your investment doing currently? We're currently at. sitting at a buck 48 uh -oh. out of two dollars so I you've lost it. 50 cents oh man um i wouldn't say that my retirement fund is going well right now <laughs> it's all right you got time i'm gonna hold that's right <laughs> you got <laughs> lots of time Steady. Hard hold. <laughs> but yeah so i'm learning a lot about myself i probably can't be trusted to invest more than two dollars <laughs> one step at a time you, know, right. you start Baby small steps. you can step up uh, awesome. step up after that yeah. that's wow. cool what i'm into this week is uh, a video game it's called civilization and the reason that i'm into this game is because my wife is also into this game what? and so my wife all of a sudden we have kind of this game that we're playing together wow and it's very fun for me to come home at night and we eat dinner we play with the kids we put them in bed and then i say all right what do you want to do and she's like can we play that game <laughs> I'm like, this yes. is amazing. You've never said that, like, in our entire marriage. That's awesome. But she's super into this video game right now. So if you're into video games, you probably already know what the Civilization, like, mm. series is. If you're not, it's kind of like if you've played the board game Settlers of Catan. It's oh. like that on steroids. Yeah. Like, lots and lots of steroids. Um, <laughs> all of the steroids. Yes. So basically what you do is you choose a civilization, and they have all of them from history. So you yeah. could be the Romans or the Greeks, or you could be the Egyptians 
or the Holy Roman Empire or the Americans. I mean, spanning all sorts of different ages of history. Uh, So you pick your civilization and then you start in the ancient times, like 4000 BC with nothing but like a little village and some dudes with clubs. And you like fight each other and you build cities and it goes all the way up to like modern times. So eventually you're building tanks and nukes and all sorts of stuff. Wow. But you can win the game in a variety of ways. So you can win the game by conquering everyone else and blowing everyone else up, which is one way that I kind of prefer to do it. But part of the reason I think my (laughs) wife likes it is there's other ways you can win. You can found your own religion. And you can spread your religion across the world. Hey, you can win the space race. So if you establish a Martian colony before anyone else, (laughs) you win that way. Or you can have an amazing culture with like works of art and those types of things and bring tourism to your country and you can win that way as well. So my wife is uh, playing as Rome and she's building up this like mecca of science. And so they're Uh. like doing all these sciencey things and she's planning on eventually winning the space race. Right now we're still in like 1000 BC. So we got a long (laughs) way to go to get there. Meanwhile, I'm playing as the Greeks and I developed my own religion, which is known as King Crabism. I'm about it. And of I'm, sp- it is. I'm spreading King Crabism <laughs> to my continent currently. Wow. And yeah, so we're having a lot of fun with this. I love playing games, whether it's a board game or a video game or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I love doing it with other people. That's and awesome. especially being able to do it with my wife is a lot of fun. So we're basically <laughs> playing this digital board game together and it's kind of consuming our lives right now. But that's okay because it's good for our marriage, right? Bonding At least I'm doing time. it with her and not by myself. Exactly. So, yeah. So what I'm into this week is a food, which I realized, guys, that I love to cook and bake, but I've never done a recipe on what I'm into before, which seems weird. We need more recipes. We need more recipes. That's right. So today I'm doing a recipe. This weekend I made sweet potato and black bean chili, which sounds super weird. Yep. A friend of mine told me she was making it. And I was like, what is that? And then I like she sent me the recipe and I was like, OK, I'll try it because I like sweet potatoes. And it's one of these recipes that you look at it and like the sum of its parts. It's so much greater than all of the individual pieces. It's so difficult to explain how good this is. I remember the first time I made it, I'm putting all this random stuff in it. I mean, it's got onions, it's got garlic, it's got chili powder. And then you've got random stuff like cocoa powder at one point. Yep. And I was like, what is happening right now? Like, what yes. am I? You've got like rotel you're putting in it. I was like, this is the weirdest recipe I've ever made. And I have no idea what this is going to be like. I remember I was on the phone with someone and they kept asking me like, how's the taste? I'm like, oh, I haven't tasted it. I haven't tasted it. When I took my first bite, I remember being like, oh my word, this is so good. <laughs> and so ever since then, I've been making it. It is the perfect recipe for cold weather, but really any kind of weather. And I love making soup at the beginning of the week because then I have it for lunch like yeah. all week long. It's my favorite. Mm, good call. Leftovers. <sighs> so I've been eating this for lunch a lot this week and other meals too, but it's really good. You you make it and then you top it with sour cream on top of it. It's just got this really rich robust flavor that's really hard to explain. So you just need to make it. I don't know a way to post the recipe right now in a link. And so I'm just going to tell you, go to allrecipes.com and just search sweet potato and black bean chili and it should come up for you. I'm getting hungry thinking about it. I know, right? Me too. Are you going to like make some and Uh, do like a little taste test here on the podcast? I want to share. I have some, but Uh I'll consider it. I see how it is. (laughs) We'll have to make our own, Isaac. Just dangling the sweet potato (laughs) chili carrot in front of us. This is really good. Uh, You can't can't have it. It's time for the swagger scale, the owning of our awkwardness. (laughs) And it is my turn this week. 
I present to you a story. This is more or less how my life has been going lately. I picked up a side hustle. I am working as a barista. It's been a blast. So fun. The problem with that is that sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes pulled about 14 hours in a workday and oh, it's been interesting, but I've been really tired lately, which has led to some interesting interactions with my uh, fellow humans on this planet. <laughs> Uh -huh. One fun. of them, I was making a sandwich at this cafe and one of my coworkers was standing in a narrow three foot wide hallway <laughs> and in front of him was the one table that we have to eat at as employees. Uh -huh. And I don't know what happened in tired brain where I was like, it's fine. You don't even have to communicate that you need that table. Just go stand in between him and that table. So <laughs> my entire six foot three gangly frame slides in between this guy and this table. And he's like, dude, what's up? And I'm like, oh, God, you're, you're back there. Hi. And he was like, you literally just like walked in front of me. Like there's like inches between us right now. And I didn't notice at he all. Was there. I was just focused on this really good piece of avocado and cheese toast that I had made. Ah. And I was like, uh -huh. this is going to go inside my body right now. <laughs> Nothing else matters. Not this person or this table. There's another human there. People just became obstacles in between me and my sweet, sweet avo toast. <laughs> and I was like, I'm so sorry. And even That's getting awesome. out of it, untangling ourselves was terrible <laughs> because it's a tiny cramped kitchen. And oh, so you just had this moment. Where you're standing like inches apart from one another and you're like, in a tiny hallway and you're like, what do we do now? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's exactly it. Like I was Awkward. the Oreo filling in between <laughs> the person Oreo cookie and the table Oreo cookie. That description definitely doesn't do anything to reduce no. the awkwardness. No, it doesn't at all. Like it, it was it just, just like awkward it. enhancement. It, yeah. Oh. That's how my life has been going. Oh, like, at least you had like the uh, the excuse of like the avocado toast. Yeah. You know, I had this beautiful delicacy that I wanted oh, to yeah. consume. <laughs> exactly. And I was kind of focused on that. Laser focused. Yeah. I would say more focused than I've ever been. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I, don't, I mean, in terms of like things that are awkward, ending up in someone else's personal space oh, that yeah. you're not supposed to be that close to them. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's not. Yeah. There's not many things that are more awkward than that. Especially when it's not just like a momentary like passing by kind of thing. Right. Yeah. But it's like, a, you no, you stuck. both ended up there. Yeah. And then he was forced to bring it up <laughs> yeah. and say it out loud. Like, so, so what's this? <laughs> what's going on here? Completely forgot he was there. It was bad. Mm. Yeah. Oh. I think that's definitely a negative three or four oh, on the swagger scale. I mean, that's legit I awkward. Know. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and we've all been there before. I feel for you, Isaac. I've been there before, especially You've when been I'm in someone deprived. else's personal bubble. <laughs> yeah. So I'll give it a negative two. I'll, What's the know. strategy for getting out of the personal bubble then? Like it's if Isaac question. finds himself in the bubble, what does he do to get out? What's the least awkward way to escape the situation? I always feel like acknowledging the awkwardness makes yeah. it a little less awkward. Being yeah. like, wow, sorry for the awkward. I mean, maybe that's not true, but yeah. I always feel like I have to be like, Okay, that happened. Yeah. Leaving now. You have to but, own it. Yeah. And we then, both escaped it very well. Yeah. I literally just said, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize you were there. And then we like laughed about it. And I'm like, I'm so sleepy. I'm sorry. And then we like, <laughs> oh man. Just move that over here. It was really one of those moments where I was like, if a black hole enveloped me right now and I was able to just drag my toast with me. All would be fine. I like hole. how you had to make that caveat. <laughs> no, like you're about to say, like, if I got dragged Swallowed into nothingness up. and non-existence, yeah. that would be okay. Except if I got I to take my toast. <laughs>
now it's time for Crushing It, where we celebrate our successes, big or small. My wife and I had a discussion at the end of last week, and we decided, you know what? It is time for us to get back on the horse when it comes to exercising and working out. Ooh, good for you. It's been cold all winter, and that's been our excuse for not going on walks or doing things like that. But we're like, it's starting to warm up now. Spring is here. It's time to get out and start doing this a little bit more. So we decided this week we're going to start working out. We got up and we decided, all right, we're going to do something indoors today. We're going to do some like strength stuff. And so I kind of have a routine of stuff I do with some like free weights and push-ups and pull-ups and sit-ups and all those kind of things. But here's the thing. When we've gotten back into the groove in the past... I've always kind of taken this approach of like, I'm going to ease myself into this because I'm out of shape Mm -hmm. and I don't want to hurt myself. And so I'm not going to rush it. And then next week I'll add a few more. Next week I'll add a few more until I kind of get back to my full routine. Right. The problem with that is I always seem to run into these little roadblocks where we miss a day here or miss a day there. Uh. And then I start making excuses of like, well... You know, I didn't get my full like workout in last week, (laughs) so I'll stick with this for now and I'll ramp up later. Uh, And then I never end up actually ramping up to where I'm supposed to be. (laughs) Right. So this time I was like, you know what? Forget ramping up. I'm serious about this. I'm just going to jump right back in with my full like workout thing and I'm just going to do it. (laughs) I'm feeling motivated. I went back straight into my full on workout routine. It was challenging. (laughs) But I have this thing about competition where once I've decided I'm going to do something, Mm -hmm. I am going to do it, Mm -hmm. whether it kills me or not. Like, I'm going to push through and do it. So I did. I pushed through. I did it. (laughs) And uh, afterwards, I was like, okay, I'm actually feeling kind of good. I feel really accomplished. Yeah. So I went and took a shower. And as I'm taking my shower, I'm like, man, that was a hard workout. And (laughs) I was feeling a little bit nauseous. Oh, no. Which is not necessarily a completely unheard of thing for me. Sometimes when I do like weightlifting or something and I work out pretty hard. Yeah feeling a little nauseous. It's normal. It's happened before. Right. And normally it just, it kind of is there for five or 10 minutes and it kind of goes away. Oh. And I was like, oh, I'll be fine. Take a shower. I'll feel better. Got out of the shower. I'm like, man, the nauseousness is still kind of there. Maybe I'll sit down for a minute and just kind of take a few moments to breathe for a second. So I like sat down and I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, I, I have just, the nauseousness is really here. It's not going away yet. <laughs> Then I had this moment oh, no. where like I went from, oh, I'm kind of nauseous to like, I am going to puke. Oh, oh no. no. And the switch happened, though, in about three seconds. <laughs> and I mean, it's been probably 10 or 15 years uh, since I last threw up in a place that was not like a bowl oh, or the toilet man. or something. No. But this snuck up on me so fast. <laughs> no. And I just I vomited all over our bathroom. Wow. So. <laughs> My wife comes in and's like, what in the world? And I was like, I threw up. I didn't know it was going to happen. It's okay. I'm taking care of it. And she was like, are you okay? She, and she like panicked. She was like, you worked out to the point of like vomiting. That's like, really what bad. is wrong with you? Yeah. I actually kind of had this different approach where I was like, I worked out so hard. I vomited. And I was like, manliness. Like that's crushing it. I, and then oh we had this weird gosh. like disagreement um, yeah. where yeah. I was of the opinion that working that out good. until you vomit, that's like a manly, awesome thing to do. Yeah. And she's like, are you kidding? That's ridiculously <laughs> stupid. Take it easy there, Rambo. Oh, man. So I don't know which side you guys would come down on. Uh, yeah. But I, mean, I kind of thought I worked out. Until, not that I want to do that every time. Sure. <laughs> that's a sign that I worked out hard. And yeah. I, so I feel okay. I, you know, I just, it was some water. It's fine. I, I can drink some more water. <laughs> it's fine. It's all good. I What's do- that workout phrase? Vomit is weakness leaving the butt. Oh <laughs> that's God. right. That's right, Isaac. It is. No. <laughs> no, vomit is vomit leaving yeah, the butt. Yeah, vomit is vomit. I'm sorry. Okay. And somebody right now is like turning off this podcast because they're tired yeah, of us. It's very gross. I'm sorry. 
sorry about that. How many that? more no, times can okay. we get it in this segment? I don't know. I mean, yeah, good for you for working out so hard. But I'm, I think I'm kind of with Dree. I'm kind of a, right. I'm not sure Next if that's a good thing. Next time I'll take it slightly easier. Okay, and, good. But at the very least, I did get back into working good out. Good for you. I'm happy for you for that. That's crushing good. it. <laughs> It is time for Would You Rather, the great value brand of role-playing games. And it's my turn today to pull a question. I'm excited about this one. Guys, would you rather have a rewind button or a fast-forward button for your life? Oh, man. (laughs) This is another one of those where we could go for the rest of the episode. I know, right? So fast-forward, you can skip things that are unpleasant, unpleasant, Mm -hmm. which is always very nice. Yes. Rewind, you get a second chance. Yeah, something. Uh-huh. My first instinct would be to say rewind. Yeah. I feel like that's more versatile than mm-hmm. fast forward. Even if it's something unpleasant or if it turned into something unpleasant, I could rewind and try it again. Right. Oh, and that's true. Try it like a slightly different way and see if yeah. that made it a little bit better. Yeah. I could definitely see the benefit of every once in a while being able to just like tap out on something and fast forward <laughs> and be like, nope, not doing that. Yep. Yeah. Just skipping it. Right. But I feel like fast forward is the kind of thing where eventually I would regret having done it. I, I was I mean, thinking that. There's definitely micro situations where I'm like, I'm really looking forward to this thing tomorrow and it'd be great. Great just to skip straight to that. Yeah. Yes. I think I had those thoughts, especially when I was younger as a kid, mm. all the time. I'm like, man, I can't wait for this thing. I wish it would just get here. Oh. Or I just want this next thing, this next milestone in my life to be here. Yeah. I think when I was younger, I would have been more tempted by that. Yeah. I think as you get older, you start to realize how limited time mm. is just in sure. general. Like yeah. we have a pretty limited quantity to work with. Yeah. Interesting. And I'm not sure how I feel about wasting any of it. Yeah. I would rather have more of it than less of it. And that's why I think I would go with rewind over fast forward interesting Uh, i want to agree with you but i think that nothing is worse than i have nothing to do for the next 40 minutes like i was meeting (laughs) someone somewhere last night and our schedules aligned where i had a loose 35 ish minutes Mm -hmm. of just waiting and i was like this is what purgatory feels like this is terrible (laughs) this this is awful i like even went and got coffee somewhere and i was still i had another 15 minutes and i was like (laughs) worse than purgatory gosh that's awesome (laughs) it was so bad purgatory is waiting (laughs) it's just waiting at places like so funny not quite enough time to go home and like hang out before something but just that one 40 minutes so you would use your fast forward button for little itty bitty chunks yeah i would expedite the waiting I would just shorten things to where I'm like meeting someone somewhere. I would go zip now. That's interesting. Uh, But I really also think that going back and correcting every mistake that I've made, Uh. including avocado toast sandwich. (laughs) Uh I think that would be kind of cool too. It would be cool. But actually one thing as I'm thinking about that is I think I would get pretty obsessive about getting it right. Oh yeah. If I had the opportunity to go back and try to fix every little thing that didn't go perfectly. Yeah. I would probably be doing it constantly. Yeah. And that would yeah. probably be exhausting. Yeah. Even if, say, like physically I was refreshed every time I rewound or something. Sure. Like just mentally knowing that I am doing this for the 30th time. Trying oh, man. To fix this interaction yeah. or whatever. Yeah. That would be really hard. On the other hand, if you think deviously about this. <laughs> oh, no. A rewind I tool. I knew we would go here, by the way. A rewind I tool. I knew this I'm was going to happen. It could be pretty useful if you wanted to use it for nefarious purposes. <laughs> of course. Oh From a utilitarian perspective. How many movies? I just watched back to the future 2 last week uh-huh. and we're talking oh, like man what's his name i just forgot the villain's name biff. And back to biff, biff biff and his how he used the time right. machine for exactly. evil purposes and like i mean if you could rewind there's all sorts of ways yeah. that you could use that to your benefit very sure. quickly i'll admit like i'm flawed enough i would do some evil things with that 
I'd go yeah. fast forward. I would eliminate waiting at QT for gas and for things and waiting in line at McDonald's and okay. stuff. I'm going to take the rewind, even okay. though there's some potential dangers there of using it irresponsibly or getting obsessive oh. about it. I don't want to skip anything in my life. I'm at the point where I'd want to take all the time that I can get. At the end of the day, honestly, I don't know if I would sure. have the willpower to reject both of these. Yeah. But ultimately, I think it's good that I have neither. Yeah. I know, Because right? I probably don't need to skip anything. Mm. And I also probably don't need to go back and try to fix other stuff I've done. So. I think Good in points. your defense, though, you'd be a really benevolent dictator if you had to rewind. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that, Isaac. <laughs> Now it's time to get to the meat of the conversation here. We're talking about agreeing to disagree and what that looks like. Mm. And this all sort of came about with recently I was home sitting around a table of people I love. They've known me since I was just a small little lad. <laughs> and now we've grown up together and we've all become way different people. We all have our own opinions and thoughts on things, which is great for the most part. I would say 99.9% .9 of the time, mm -hmm. our differences make us stronger. Right. We have these great conversations that are fun and colorful and the best. Yeah. And then someone brings up a divisive topic. In this moment, I was like, well, I wish I wasn't here right now. Like, mm, yeah. I can just feel the, the air oxygen. kind of sucks out of the room. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And then you like have an idea of where person A and person B is going to approach it. And then you just see this whole thing folding out in your head. Why did we go there? Mm. Let's pass the mashed potatoes and just continue <laughs> this nice day. Right. Yes. And oh. you just have the situation that you now have to deal with. Do you argue or do you just stay quiet? Mm. What do you do in that scenario? Ugh. It's hard. <laughs> so hard. So, so hard. Okay. So my approach to this, you guys, and you know this, knowing that we were going to talk about this today, I was literally sitting in here before we started the podcast going, I have anxiety already and we haven't started talking right. yet. <laughs> just the idea of talking about this. And we're not actually even disagreeing. Just no. to clarify, we're just talking about this. We're just talking about disagreements. <laughs> yeah. So stressful, you guys. My personality is that my opinion is actually, let's just not fight. Like, yeah, right. you don't need to hear my opinion. Let's just avoid it completely yes please pass the mashed potatoes and yeah. by the way did you see that villanova won the game last night how right. cool is that yeah. yeah and here's a cute cat video let's watch that because mm. nobody can fight about cat videos you have so. like distraction holsters I ready do. To go. it's so great but i mean honestly guys i'm starting to realize that the opinion of let's not fight that's not actually an opinion right. and in the end it can sometimes get in the way of authentic connections mm, with people yeah. when you're just avoiding all of the sticky stuff all of right. the time yeah. well i think some of the greatest opportunities for growth in yes. relationships come from when we get to talk about things that matter mm -hmm. yeah. right and cat videos are great there's nothing yeah. wrong with watching a funny <laughs> cat video with someone and and laughing that's developing a relationship exactly. too yeah. but if our entire relationship with a family member or a friend or a loved one is predicated on just silliness or stuff that doesn't have much sure. depth, yeah. we're not going to grow together, right? right. Yeah. And so that's where I think it gets really difficult is when you're sitting around a table like you're describing Isaac and you have this moment where you can talk about something serious and, and the specter of conflict is there yeah. or you can avoid it completely. Mm -hmm. Maybe there are times where avoiding it is the healthier thing in right. that moment if you know it's going to lead to something unproductive. But I think the whole challenge is, is there a way that we can stay productive but also still engage on these issues right. because some of these issues that we're, we're talking about are really, really important issues. They're yeah. things that are worthy of discussion. Mm -hmm. And if we just stick our head in the sand forever, <laughs> 
yeah. that doesn't really accomplish anything. No, and so it's it an understandable response. Yeah. Oh, and totally. I think even yeah. Isaac and I, maybe who uh, don't have the response to the level that you do, mm-hmm. I'm still familiar with that response. Oh, yeah. And there are definitely occasions where that's how I feel. I'm like, this would be a lot easier yeah. if we could just avoid this completely. <laughs> yeah. But I think sometimes that's not always the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's just not always possible. Like you say, there's sometimes a really great opportunity for growth in those places of awkwardness and uncomfortable anxiety. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I think the place that I get into trouble on this topic is when I find myself getting into a conversation, I immediately, for some reason, probably because of my competitive nature mm-hmm. in my mind, turn it into this winning, losing mm-hmm. mentality. Oh, yeah. So like we're discussing a topic and, you know, I was on the debate team and yeah. when you debate someone, you either win or you lose. <laughs> right. And I like winning. Yes. <laughs> and I like winning a little bit too much sometimes. <laughs> and that becomes the primary goal yeah. of the conversation. Mm. And the thing is, a lot of times when you're having these conversations, if you make it about winning and losing, that's when it becomes unproductive. Yeah. Right? Because then all of a sudden my goal is not about growth and relationship development and learning something mm, new. Sure. It's about mm. pounding that other person into the ground. <laughs> and that gets so messy because usually yeah when those discussions are had it's in a really informal like yeah. mm-hmm. no one came to the dinner expecting a debate but yeah. inevitably one happens yeah. yeah so no one's really bringing their a game they're kind of just like throwing punches where it's like yes but right. what about this and it's like <laughs> cite your sources <laughs> exactly and it'd be nice if you could have it in this very emotionally benign state sure. like you get in a debate in a classroom right it's not personal right at all yeah. but when you're talking about people that you love and you're sitting around the dinner table mm. it's personal right. whether you want it to be or not you can try to pretend it's not personal but it almost always gets personal and so so winning comes with a large cost i've found Mm. and if i could step back from that conversation i think my eyes would be open to see me winning is not winning i may come away with some sense of self-satisfaction that i Mm -hmm. was able to prove in my own mind that i was smarter than this person or more eloquent than this person but at the end of the day it results in a step back in our relationship Mm -hmm. and that's losing yeah what really is winning winning is learning not defeating this other person that changes the whole paradigm of why we're having the conversation in the first place we all kind of fall into this mode that feels the most comfortable for us and sometimes that's not talking about it you know in your case Oh, this was brought up. Clearly, they want to have a, a go at this. Right. Let's have a go. Yeah. yeah. Mine is more of a, okay, I see this happening. I have this fear of it going to an ugly place. Let's try to snipe and maybe disarm with humor a little bit. So I can think clearly like what we're talking about, this table conversation that we had. I remember trying my hardest, like racking my brain for just some <laughs> sort of playful joke to make about both sides of the issue. And yeah. then let's move on to the game that we're going to watch tonight. Yeah. Like really just trying to find any way out of this. It's yeah. a lot like your perspective, Kara, right, but right. more like actively trying to throw a wrench in this to make it not happen <laughs> at all. Yeah. I come from a family where we all would have a serious conversation mm-hmm. and then in that same beat shift to a goofy story about someone. Like oh. I draw no lines between this is serious. We need to seriously talk about this. Right. I process all through the humor filter. <laughs> oh, well, that's kind of funny when you really think about it. When other people are going, no, I was ready it's to not, have. 
yeah. a serious conversation here. Oh. I think the interesting thing about all of these different approaches to the issue is that they all can be positive in mm-hmm. certain yeah. aspects, and then yeah. they can all be negative in certain aspects, yeah. right? That's a good point. Like yeah. disarming a situation that's volatile with humor yeah. is a really great tool to have in your tool belt, it is. right? Like, yeah. I mean, that's something that can be very useful at times, Absolutely. I think, and, and can help diffuse a really escalating situation. Right. Or there are times, I think, where you have to say, like, from Kara's perspective, the best thing to do at this point is recognize we're not getting anywhere here mm-hmm. and maybe we need to take a step back and and yeah. do something else for a little bit. Yeah. And even mine, like I think there are occasions where having the ability to logic something out or reason something out is, yes. is something that's really important, right? Yeah. That yeah. we have to be able to engage in that way mm-hmm. at times. But all of these also have potential dangers as sure. well. That's something that's important to know, I think, is that all of these have a lot of nuance. There right. isn't necessarily yeah. like one right approach and one wrong approach Mm -hmm. in all situations. It's something that we have to take situation by situation and it's also a a situation where we have to recognize who am I and what are my predispositions Mm. and where did those predispositions serve me well and where do they not serve me well Mm. and we probably need to be more aware of where they don't serve us well, <laughs> right? Because since they're a predisposition, that's we're yeah. going to be more likely to to default to those things, exactly. Even in situations where we shouldn't. Mm. And I think maybe to your point, it's an opportunity to be a little bit introspective and learn about yourself. But maybe if we took a second, we could actually understand someone else better in that conversation mm. and context, like. When you're really like about to hear someone, how they really passionately feel about something, Mm. that might be a learning opportunity. I think you're onto something there. This is the word that I think of when I think of conflict, understanding, Mm -hmm. right? How can we understand each other? And it makes me think of an interesting phenomenon to me in the world of sports Mm. where there's all of these different sports, right? You got soccer, basketball, football. Those are kind of the more common ones in America, all the way down to niche stuff, right? Like NASCAR racing or golf or Mm. ping pong, all sorts of crazy stuff that we could get into, right? (laughs) Curling during the Winter Olympics. And there is this debate that goes on whenever you like look in the comment section, which is very dangerous, I understand, (laughs) of like ESPN or these other sports sites where when they come up with an article about a more niche sport, there's people who go, this is a stupid sport or this isn't even a sport at all, right? Like golf, that isn't a sport. You don't have to run or hit each other or anything. You're just hitting the ball with the stick. Like, is that even really a sport? You're wearing khakis while you're playing (laughs) it, right? That's not a sport. sport. And so people always get into these arguments about whether something is or isn't a sport or how much intrinsic value Mm. it has, right? Yeah. But then there are always people who are diehard followers of each of these sports as well. And they go, no, it is a sport and here's why. And let me detail all these reasons. Mm. I had kind of this eye-opening thing one time, particularly as it relates to NASCAR. Mm -hmm. I am not a NASCAR fan. And the common complaints about NASCAR are, it's just a bunch of people driving cars and they turn left. They can't (laughs) even turn two directions, right? They just turn left over and over again. Anybody (laughs) could do that. Well, as I started to learn more about the sport and even attended a race one time, I started to realize that it's not nearly as simple as just driving a car and turning left. No, that is completely underselling the complexity of what NASCAR is. Right. First of all, you're driving these cars at like 200 miles an hour. There's all of this engineering and stuff that goes into these cars and making sure sure they perform at their best. It's incredibly physically demanding. And as I started to learn about all of these nuances and aspects of the sport, I started to go, oh, man, this is a lot deeper and more complex than I gave it credit Mm. for. Right. And I'm still not a massive NASCAR fan. And that's okay. I don't have to be. But I gained a certain amount of respect for people that are 
because I realized there's a lot more nuance and, and complexity to this sport than I gave it credit for. Mm. And I think if you carry that idea over into any other sort of conversation, the idea holds. And that is that the more that we understand something, the more mm-hmm. that we get the reality of why someone thinks the way that they do or why someone is the way that they are or mm. why they enjoy what they enjoy, the more we can appreciate it. Yeah. Still don't have to agree. You can still hold to your conviction, but understanding breeds empathy. Yeah, I get really passionate about researching different personality types. And I think this is part of why is because in my head, I have this drive to like, if I can understand you, then I can appreciate you. Yeah. Even if you're totally different than me and what you're doing makes no sense right now. But if I can get inside your head and understand your perspective and where you're coming at this from, then I can appreciate and I can see things from your perspective. Yeah. And it's so helpful. I think there's two types of understanding. I think you're really honing in on one particular type, which is people's story, right? People's background, Mm. their perspective. Everybody's different. And everybody grew up in a slightly different environment and has had slightly different life experiences. And that's one side of understanding. The other side of understanding is just objective facts. Because there are objective facts in the world, right? Yeah. And we have to make sure that we understand those as well. So I have this tremendous fear of food poisoning. I'm terrified. Uh. Like of all of the greatest fears, I should have talked about this on our fear podcast, (laughs) but I am afraid of getting food poisoning. Really? Thus far, I've never gotten it. And I credit it all to my tremendous fear of getting it. Of course. (laughs) I haven't gotten it. Never been sick. Never Uh will. I will never get it. That's right. And I have this whole thing about raw eggs. All right. I don't eat them. I don't get near them. They're gross. Don't like them. They're icky. Yeah. I know factually that there are raw eggs in cookie dough. Oh. I don't eat raw cookie dough. Yeah. Everyone thinks that I'm a Martian for not eating raw <laughs> cookie dough. I agree. You kind of are. <laughs> right. I know. I know. <laughs> Including Brie, who like it's this running inside joke in our marriage where like if there's raw <laughs> cookie dough on something, I'm not touching it. I am petrified of getting food poisoning from it. Uh-huh. But just the other day we were driving down the road and there was this thing talking about misconceptions in science. Oh. This very smart person was saying that raw cookie dough is actually okay because salmonella is on the outside of the eggs. Really? Not on the egg innards that are in the That's raw cookie so dough. That's funny. And she looks at me with like this this smug grin and she's like, <laughs> "See? You're fine." <laughs> We went home. She tried to give me raw cookie dough. I didn't eat it because I'm like, I know that this is probably true factually, but I'm still afraid of getting sick. See, what's interesting is I could have heard an article or some science person saying the exact opposite. Somebody could have sat in front of me, a scientist, and said, no, really, raw eggs, salmonella, cookie dough, you're going to get sick. And I would have been like, "Mm, don't care. I love my raw (laughs) cookie dough. I'm still going to eat it. Scooping it as they're saying that. Yeah. So there's an example of your story is informing how you're interacting with the facts. So is mine. My story says I've been eating this since I was five and I'm fine. And it's part of my tradition and you're not taking it away from me. Yeah. I mean, so many times we get into the situation where we think if I could just make this person understand the facts about this issue, then they would agree with me. Right. Right. Because here's the facts. It's objective truth. This is the way it is. But the thing that we don't realize is so often two people could look at the exact same list of facts and come to wildly different conclusions. Right. Because their story, their perspective changes the way that they view facts. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think one really important thing that we have to note here is this happens for everybody, including ourselves. Yes. But it's significantly harder to see 
with ourselves. So if I'm looking at somebody else and they look at a list of facts and come to a conclusion, I can go, you know what? I think the reason they think the way that they do about these facts is because of this about who they are. I know this about their background or this about their political leanings or the way they think or their education or Mm -hmm. whatever it is that is informing their view on this. But me, I view these facts and I come to the conclusion that I come to because that's the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> right. And because I, I, I am objective. Right. Right. I tend to think of my own position as the neutral objective uh, one. No. And that's not true at all. Never. I'm bringing all of my own experiences to the yeah. table as well. Yeah. And that informs the way I view them. So I have to make sure that I stay aware of that. Mm. So obviously perspective, it's, it's a big deal. It's huge. But I think the facts thing is a big deal, too. I mean, sometimes there are situations yeah. where we could get into a debate on something and all of a sudden we go, oh, wait. I don't actually know what I'm talking right. about. Yes. Here. Exactly. I, I know at least I'm very guilty of this oh, because totally. I have nailed the whole be confident about something and people will think that you know what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> That's my whole thing. If I don't know what I'm saying, just say it louder and yeah. then people will yeah. think that I know what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> and we have a tendency to do that. Like we have sure. a tendency to go, if I don't quite have all of the facts here, mm-hmm. I can fill it in and kind of pretend like right. I do. Right. You can be passionate about something without having all the facts. Right. And, and that's, that's very dangerous. It is dangerous. In fact, we were just talking about yesterday. You guys remember the movie Hitch with Will Smith? Yes. So basically, this is like every rom-com ever. But there's like a big <laughs> situation that happens in the middle of the movie where the girl gets mad at the guy because there's this big misunderstanding sure. and something happens and there's some facts that get twisted and she gets really upset and really passionate. And then they, of course, come to this moment where they have this confrontation and they both realize, oh, the facts were distorted here. This is what's actually going on. And it's not what I thought. And so then they have to make up and they have to work their way back around. And all this damage was caused because of an assumption that was made. This is like, like I said, every rom-com ever. It's true. (laughs) But it's like in the end, the facts do matter. Yeah. And there's definitely some truth to that. Like so often we get our emotions tied up in things Mm -hmm. and, you know, we kind of forget, okay, there might be some just objective facts in this that Mm -hmm. we need to look at, maybe put emotions on hold and at least come to a place where we can speak with someone else on the opposite side of the issue and work through just what we know like regarding the facts. Like maybe say, I do feel really passionately about issue A, but maybe you are offering something that I need to at least give a chance and hear you out on. Like Anson said, context is so important, but when you get around to it, the facts that someone else is bringing is also really important too. We have to marry those things together. They can't really exist in a vacuum apart from one another. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we're tempted to separate them out and yeah. focus on one to the exclusion of the other, mm-hmm. but right. really they both have to coexist. Facts are incredibly important. Truth matters, right? but story matters as well, and we have yeah. to bring both of those to the table. So we've talked about the importance of facts and the importance of perspective. And yet I kind of feel like, where do we go from here? Like, (laughs) so we're back to sitting around the table. We understand that facts are important and perspective is important, but what does that mean for that conversation? Like, what do we do? The thing that comes to mind for me as kind of a a more practical takeaway is staying curious Mm -hmm. and having a desire to learn. And this kind of goes back to what I was saying originally about this mindset of winning versus losing, defining what does winning look like. And I really think winning looks like a desire to learn. When we approach a situation or a conversation with someone where we define winning as a desire to teach, yeah, that's going to result in a far different conversation than when we approach a situation with a desire to learn. Right. Mm. And too often I approach a conversation with a desire to teach. My goal is to get my point across to somebody else 
and make sure they hear it and mm-hmm. make sure they learn something. Right. Yeah. As opposed to approaching a conversation saying, my goal is to learn something. And that requires a lot of humility. Right. Yeah. And humility is hard. <laughs> but really, I think when we approach a conversation where our number one goal is to come out of it learning something that we didn't know, mm-hmm. we're going to approach the conversation in a naturally much more respectful way. Sure. Mm-hmm. Because if your goal is to learn something while you're talking to someone, you have to make the assumption that they could teach you something. Right. Mm. And I think that's a really critical point because how often do we have a conversation with someone where we go, I already know everything that I need to know about this. Mm. And my goal here is to convince you of that. But wow. if my goal here is to learn, that puts the other person in a position of respect. And when we're respecting someone else and we're saying, you have something to offer me, it's hard to be angry at that person and be judgmental and be mm. like, because we're, we're approaching it from a naturally humble sure. place. That's so good. I think another practical step for me that I stole from Brene Brown is listen like you want to be heard. This is huge for me because what says love to me is somebody listening to me well and making an effort to understand me. Mm. We all know what it feels like when someone doesn't listen to us well. We all know what it Mm -hmm. feels like when someone is more interested in the next thing that they're going to say, the next point that they're going to get across, rather than trying to understand what your story is, what your perspective is, even if they don't agree with you. And so I really, really like that reminder. Again, even if you're just sitting around the table, a mantra you can say to yourself to help you kind of get through that moment is listen like you want to be heard. That's so good. For me, I think my biggest thing is I get emotionally invested in an opinion and that opinion or that leaning, however you want to define it, that sort of becomes part of my identity. Like Isaac is this. I think this way about this issue because Mm. I am this. Mm. This is a quote from Ed Stetzer from Christianity Today. Our family is the church, not a political party. Reflecting on Mm. that, I was like, okay, what do I really define myself under and where do Mm. I draw my values from? Mm. Is it my opinions or is it the example that Christ set for me to follow? And really doing some reflection on that, I'm like, I need to be setting my values towards Christ and Mm. towards loving other people first Mm. and then let discussions flow from that point. Not getting tied up in this person disagrees with me on a fundamental level. I need to defend that because that's me. And they're not Mm. just disagreeing with that issue. They're disagreeing with me. Yeah. And then we take it so much more personally when when our identity is in that. And I think the other part of that is it's really easy, again, to see when other people are doing that. Because if someone else's identity is wrapped up in something that we think isn't worthy of tying your identity to, that's easy to call out. Their identity is in this thing, which I think is a bad thing. Mm. And so it's easy for me to come in and be like, your identity should be in Christ and not in this thing, right? (laughs) Right. Because I recognize that that's a bad thing. But for us personally, if our identity is going to get conflated with some other issue, it's usually because we think that issue is really important or it's really good. It's a really good position to hold. And it may very well be, right? Yeah. You can put your identity in something that is a good idea, right? but it's still not the core idea. Mm. And that's why it's still dangerous. Right. But it, it, we put blinders on. At least yeah. I know I do with my stuff. Yeah. When I wrap my identity up in, in some sort of issue, I, mm. I go, well, this is a good thing. This is something that we ought to be standing for and holding on to with conviction. Right. And, and yes, maybe we should. I'm not saying you have to let go of those things, but I think you hit the nail on the head there, Isaac. If that's who I am to the exclusion of my identity in Christ, yeah. that's never going to work.
Now it's time for On Repeat this week, our section of the podcast where we talk about some of the hot tracks we're jamming lately on Real FM. That was really cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is Something About You by Sarah Reeves. Yeah, this is something about you. This was one of those songs that Anson sent to me going like, hey, what do you think of this? And I was going, okay, this kind of just feels like it's going to be like a really poppy song. And then I listened to it, then I listened to it again, and then one more time, and I was like, I really like this. It's huh. just one of those songs that it's just a pleasant thing to have on. Mm. I really like found myself bopping my head to it, and I've been like having all of these songs that have been diving really deep, like propaganda and stuff like mm -hmm. this. Mm. And this kind of like cut through all of that and it was just a nice break from that. And it's mm. just a nice, fun, summertime poppy song. Yeah. And I've really loved it going into like warmer weather in the spring. Nice. I've been feeling this like pop music lately. I will be honest. I love Sarah Reeves. Yeah. And yeah, she has a lot of songs good. that we don't play on Real FM because they're softer or kind of more acoustic. So if, mm. if that's your jam, you're going to like Sarah Reeves a She's lot. great. But her voice, I don't know. There's some oh, quality man. about her voice that's very like, angelic almost yeah. like I, Erythrial. I don't, yeah, yeah yeah that's a good word to describe yeah, it she's, yeah she's great i love her stuff too my on repeat this week is so much more than this by grace vanderwall i don't watch television we don't have a cable subscription and especially reality tv shows i just they're not yeah. my thing so i recognize i'm like three years late on grace vanderwall <laughs> if you do watch reality tv you've known about her for a long time because she was a big story a couple years ago uh -huh. if you don't grace vanderwall was on america's got talent mm -hmm. a couple years ago and that's where she was discovered but I just first heard this song and I was like, wow, what a voice this girl has. Like, right? I mean, it's soulful and there's all this like depth to it. It's got so much character. And I was like fascinated by her voice. And I was like, who is this person? <laughs> like, I, I want to know who she is. Right. And so I looked her up and I realized she won America's Got Talent when she was 13 years old, yeah. guys. Oh. tiny. And I almost could not believe that when I hear her voice and go, that's a 14-year-old girl. It's yeah. insane. Singing that, it's mind-blowing to me. Yeah. She sounds yeah. like she's in her 30s. She at does. Least. And it's so incredible. she has such a mature voice. It's yeah. incredible. She writes all of her songs herself. And her songwriting, it's incredibly mature as well. Yeah. I mean, I know 13-year-olds, okay? And no, <laughs> no offense to most 13-year-olds. I've also been there. I loved music. I learned to play the guitar when I was like 11 or 12, something yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. And I was writing little songs in my room. I was not writing music like this, okay? <laughs> I would be mortified if any of my lyrics from my like 12, 13, 14-year-old self ever got out or saw the light of day. I don't even remember them, but they were terrible. Yeah, I, yeah. I know it. She's writing stuff that, I mean... I don't even know what to say about it. Yeah. Other than that, it's just not, it's not a 13 or 14 yes. year old. It's not normal. Writing those yeah. things. And so she has maturity both in her voice and in her lyrics that go way beyond her years. Yeah. yeah. And this is just one example of that. I love this song. Love her. If you haven't seen the video of the first performance that she did on America's Got Talent, go look it up on YouTube and watch yes. it and try not to cry. <laughs> Good I was about to say, I may or may not have sighed. Like yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Good luck. Awesome. My on repeat this week is Say Less by Magic and Bird. Yeah, okay, get a man, say less. When'd you start talking and pray less? I'm not doing good, I'm a stray mess. But God doing way more, way less. Uh, yeah, okay, I get him, get him, say less. 
So I feel like this is a important moment in podcast history right here. <laughs> Scratch track. Uh-huh. I feel like this is, is I'm pretty sure this is the first time that I've had a hip hop song is my own. I, I think so. I don't remember <laughs> a previous. I'm so happy. I know. <laughs> Isaac has like a giddy grin He's on like his, his face. His face is glowing over here. Yeah. When we were listening to this one and testing it in my head, I was like, oh, whatever. I don't know if I really like this song. And then like in real life, I was sitting here like jiving to it. <laughs> And, and I was like, I actually kind of like this one. Uh-huh. And you guys were like, what? What? I was like, yeah, I kind of like that song. So every time it comes on, there's something about the beat that I, I just, the way that it's put together, I don't even know. I really like it. And then I've just kind of been slowly absorbing the words because I feel like with hip hop, at least for me, who's kind of new to it, it takes me about like 10 times to sure. listening to a song to even hear half mm-hmm. the lyrics. I'm like, what? I'm missing so much. Yeah. So I've been cheating a little bit with Lyric Genius, but it's, it's an interesting premise. I didn't actually realize that's that they were saying say less is a common New York slang often used when you understand someone fully and clearly and you don't need any further explanation. Mm. And I feel like this is a term I could probably use in my life <laughs> for myself. Uh-huh. Like, okay, Kara, say less. Like they understand you. You don't mm. need to keep going on and mm. on. And it's an interesting concept, but I, I really like Andy Mineo's humility in this he talks about, you know, I'm not doing good. I'm a straight mess, but but God's doing way more with way less. And uh, on, on Lyric Genius, he was talking about how in the Bible, there's so many people who are basically just a mess. Mm. And God comes in and is like, that's all right. I can use what is messy and foolish in the world to shame the wise. Uh, that's what it says in First Corinthians. I can I can use the weak things, the despised things. Even though nobody else may be able to use them, I will use the most unlikely candidates and methods to carry out my purposes. And I love that. So it's got good grooves and some really great lyrics, too. I am just so thrilled. I'm, that Kara has chosen a hip hop song. The guys are like that. Oh. Isaac has chosen a bubblegum pop song. I was thinking the that. world is upside down. What Everything is, is awesome. <laughs> I don't know what's next. I guess I need to pick a country song. No, yeah. for real. I think this is cool because this has taken mine and Kara's things that normally without yes. real FM we would not have dipped our toes in. See? And switched us. We're jumping into these worlds now. It's so good. I feel it's, like I need to find something now. I don't do. I don't know what my revelation is. <laughs> we gotta get Anson like a metal song or something. There yeah. you go. Let's do it. Let's do it. So that brings the end to our argument discussion, actually hearing people out <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I thought awesome. you were just saying that the concludes our, our argument. <laughs> and I was like, were we wow, arguing? are we even arguing? That's, I actually feel pretty good. So yes. if we were good. arguing, maybe we made some progress. That's like, awesome. <laughs> we set the best example of how to argue. If we argue. so great. <laughs> when yeah. you're sitting at the table the next time and someone chimes in with a divisive topic, remember maybe something you heard on this. Maybe listen, stay a little curious, look for it as a learning opportunity. Don't tap out right away, right? right? Or you could just go with Liz Lemon's perspective Uh again here. Oh, no. Yes. She says, can I share with you my worldview? All of humankind has one thing in common, the sandwich. I believe that all (laughs) anyone really wants in this life is to sit in peace and eat a sandwich. (laughs) Well, then. Who can disagree with that? We just wasted 45 minutes. There it is. And we could have just started with With a sandwich. Liz Lemon. Yeah. Bam. Uh, It's a little bit depressing. I'm going to go eat a sandwich. Okay. Thanks for listening to the Real Talk podcast from Real FM. 
catch Real Talk with Anson and Kara from 4 to 7 p.m. Live every weekday on Real FM Radio. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent or reflect the views of John Brown University, KLRC Radio, or Real FM.